Welcome to another Anthem podcast. Great to uh, be with you guys. For those of you that don't yet recognize my voice, uh, my name is Matt Larson. I'm the lead pastor elder at Anthem Church in Thousand Oaks, California. And uh, I add in that California because today we have uh, Josh Lewis with us from Anthem Church, Denver, and that's Denver, Colorado, not Denver, California. Welcome, Josh. Uh, is I don't. Is there a Denver, California? I'm sure there's not, but you know, I just <laughs> felt like saying it that way. <laughs> uh, just to clarify, you always want to over clarify. Yeah, I, I do tend to over clarify. That's true. People weren't confused <laughs> at all, and then I clarified nonetheless. Um, well, Josh is actually still in Colorado. Uh, he is coming at us from his brother's house, which is great. He and Courtney are watching his brother's kids while they're out international, which is awesome to hear. I'm super excited about that. And, um, yeah, so Josh is going to share with us a couple of things in just a few minutes, but I wanted to start by giving you a little bit of background on, uh, on this young man and his wife. Uh, Josh and Courtney were with us at Anthem. Josh led worship. Uh, was, it was actually on staff as our worship lead for, I want to say it was about five years. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, I think it might have been six even ordering yeah. on six, five, nay, ordering even six. six. Yeah. And, um, and what we got to see in Josh was a, a growing gift that was twofold. One, we see even still in him, this, this ability to lead worship with great, um, truth and passion and spirit. And it's, uh, full of the life of God. And we love that. Uh, but he also had this leadership teaching gift that was brewing and being developed. And, um, and ultimately those two gifts combined with a deep heart for the city of Denver manifested in a church plant in Denver, Colorado. Um, and Josh and Courtney have been married. Have you guys hit your 10 year mark? No, we're, we are, um, uh, eight, eight years, eight years married. This, this August, yeah. Awesome. Two, uh, two great kiddos in Lennon and Violet. Uh, love those two kids. We, we get the opportunity. I feel like a grandparent cause I take them out for ice cream pretty much every time I'm in Denver and that's, <laughs> that's really fun. And, um, yeah. yeah, so Josh is with us and, uh, he's going to be sharing two things. One, we asked him to give an update on Anthem Denver, just so that you guys could hear some of the, like the life and what's happenings of our church, uh, church plant in Denver, Colorado. And then uh, he's going to spend the second half of our time uh, just talking about what it's like to welcome people in and um, and just how to be a welcoming person uh, to the outsider in our church context. So something Josh is very uh, gifted in and his church is very um, capable of doing, and we wanted to just hear from him. So Josh, why don't you start with the update? Give us like the what's happening in Denver and how are, how things are going. Sure. I thought, you know, um, I'll, I'll give the update by way of giving kind of a short version of where, you know, everything that's happened, uh, with our church up until this point. So, um, uh, almost exact, actually it'll be three years, uh, this Sunday that we moved to Denver. Wow. We, I, it's, I'll never forget it. Cause we moved on July 4th, oh. um, 2018 to Denver. And now I, I, I grew up in, in Denver, uh, but I spent almost 10 years in California. My family will say now that they think I'm almost more Californian than anything else. Those were pretty um, formative years that you spent in California. So I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. It was a big deal. My time with, um, Anthem church there in California. Um, anyway, so three years, we three years ago, um, we moved here. We moved into the house that we, um, 
are still living in today. And in fact, we actually just recently purchased the home that we've been renting, which was a crazy God miracle, um, by the way. Yeah, it, it was amazing. Um, the long and short of it is, uh, the landlord gave us the house for way under what, uh, he should have sold it for. Um, anyway, um, we moved here, we started a Bible study in our home. Um, that was our plan, uh, was to start a Bible study in our home and see if we could grow it from there. And, um, by God's grace, it did begin to grow um, slowly but surely. And then we had our our church launch um, September 2019. And so I'm not great with the math. That's is that like six months before the pandemic? Yeah, that's something right. like oh, that. Oh man, I didn't even uh, fully realize that. But yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So we launched. We did our church launch uh, six months before the pandemic. And then, um, like many churches, we we actually lost a couple of people, a number of people during the pandemic for different reasons, you know, um, some disagreement on different things. Uh, but then we also started to gain some people, which was really strange. We never saw that coming. And um, our church has actually grown. We're not huge. Um but we have grown in this time. And I think a lot of it is to do with what um, you asked me to talk about um, here in a minute, but um, we've just been, it's definitely been a very strong sense of, of community. And I'd even say friendship and we do life together in a, in a big way here in Denver, the group of people that is our church are, are hanging with each other constantly. And it's, it's beautiful um, to me, cause it's, it's to the point where people are doing things without me. Um, yeah. you know, I think oftentimes like as the leader, I think I need to be at the center of all things, which is wrong, by the way, I'll yeah. just call that out. Flat That's out. even, even sinful. Um, but you know, people, um, doing dinner and, and going to movies and, and hanging with each other all the time. It's been really fun to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, a couple of things about our church is, is we, yeah, we, during the pandemic, we did what a lot of people did. We did video, uh, kind of, uh, online gathering for a little bit. And then about December, 2019, we, we started renting this beautiful old vintage theater. Um, and so don't, don't think like movie co or AMC or something like that. <laughs> Not uh, that no. more like, you know, it looks like a, a kind of a music venue, like you would find in kind of downtown LA or something like that. Um, cool. really cool, crazy blessing. And the amount of money that we had to uh, pay a month is, is negligible for, uh, where it is. And it's actually, you know, uh, been, quite a, a thing that people see our, our sign outside and our, our, a lot of people are visiting from the neighborhood. Yeah. A lot of people that we've been, we've been praying that God would introduce to us. Um, people kind of between the ages of 20 and, and 40 uh, engaging with us. And um, so cool. Wow. I mean, we're loving it. Yeah. I, I would say church planting has been hard, yeah. but we're, we're, we're enjoying it. It's, it's been a good time. Now, in the same way, here in Thousand Oaks, there's a bit of a uh, uh, boom, or maybe it's a turnover, but there's a lot of people moving out and a lot of people moving in. I know you guys have had a similar real estate market where it just there's a waiting list on every house. People are offering crazy dollars, almost like that's part of why the miracle of you guys getting the house was there. 
So yeah. there's a high turnover in your neighborhood. Are you seeing a lot of people coming from other states to live in Denver or is it mostly people moving around the city to different parts? Like what are you seeing as people start to, to come in? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it, that is really interesting what you're saying because when I grew up, I in, I lived in more of a suburb um, of Denver and it was, Arvada was the suburb I lived in. And I don't remember people being very transient uh, when I was growing up. Um, but yeah, moving back here now, it feels like no one is from here. Yeah, uh, Everyone is from uh, California. A lot of people are from uh, Chicago or kind of, kind of the upper Midwest, yeah. uh, kind of those places. And it's really funny too. I think you Californians would find this to be like the things people say is re- it's really funny as the reason they moved to Colorado. They moved to Colorado for the warm weather, yeah. believe it or not, Californians. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so if you live in Chicago, Colorado is, is extremely warm. Um, but yeah, so a lot of Texans, um, so anyway, yeah, Beautiful. people are, are from a lot of different places and there's, there's something sweet about that. Yeah. Um, it, there's some difficulties, but there's also some sweetness. I think a lot of people are very open to new community or yeah. to the friendships and they're looking for that. And, uh, we are here to facilitate that for yeah. them. Well, so. I think actually that's part of the reason that I asked that question is because for years, Thousand Oaks has been a bit more of a stable community. We are just experiencing in the last you know, year, like many places in the country, there's just this incredible surge in activity in the real estate market. And it's created new neighbors, new people. There's new faces at the schools, new faces at the parks, new faces at the pools. Like everywhere you go, there's people that are like, I've, I've lived here for three months or I've lived here for eight months or I've lived here for a year. Like that's the new story. Not I've lived here for 27 years and my kids and grandkids all live here and that kind of thing. And so the welcoming component, I think there could have previously felt like a bit of a distance from Denver just because you have had such a transient community and that hasn't been Thousand Oaks' story, it is now. So that your training is so much more relevant today and what you're bringing to us today is actually hugely relevant because we almost have to adopt a new attitude towards our city because it is totally. genuinely becoming more transient in front of us just in the last year. So yeah. that's, that's why I asked that question a little bit, just to even create some commonality of like what you're experiencing there is actually now very similar to what we're experiencing here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, I mean, I don't know if you have any questions, no, but you, you, I, yeah. I mean, I guess the first thing I'll say is, uh, listening to you is transience to me is, is for, I think for a church community, it's both good and bad. Yeah. You know, it's, there's, it's, it's sad when someone leaves you, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and, but, you know, even, even on that note, I think the way that we as the Anthem churches really want to view the way that God uses things, he, he uses moving and migration and he often stirs the pot so that the gospel will go somewhere else. And yeah. so it doesn't just always stay in one place. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's like, there's a, there's a whole theme of that throughout the Bible from oh, yeah. beginning to end. God's like, you guys can't just stay in one place. Yeah. You got to go somewhere else. So that 
my good news can go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so that's, but it's also a bummer. You know, it's like when someone leaves, you're like, what the heck, dude? <laughs> uh, why'd you have to go? Um, also, it's perfect but, here. Why would anyone leave? That's the other thing I think all the time. And I yeah, imagine you do as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, yeah, same. And I mean, that will happen with us here. I mean, yeah. it's inevitable. Um, some of the people that live in this neighborhood, they live there, you know, they're between 24 and 35 and single and they they may live in an apartment or they live with like, you know, 10 other people in a house or something like that. I mean, there's those kind of situations a lot in the city. And, um, and so eventually those people will probably readjust their, their living situation. (laughs) Uh, so, but, um, Anyway, um, I think the good thing is just that we're getting to receive people. Um, I think maybe in this, I would speak into your community as well. Um, you know, people often move with a lot of excitement. I think people are, they anticipate, Hey, this is going to be a cool new thing for me. Um, I'm going to, you know, either they're getting a new job or they're looking for, maybe they just went through a tough divorce or you know, a bunch of their friends fell apart or their family fell apart. And so they're usually, I think a lot of times I find that people that are moving are moving with anticipation, hoping for a change, you know, and hoping for some new kind of uh, turning of a leaf in their life or whatever. And so, I mean, the, the harsh reality is a lot of times people don't get what they're hoping for when they move. Yeah. Uh, you know, they get there and they're like, uh, my life's not perfect. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, or they don't make friends as fast as they hope for. And, um, so all of that to be said, I mean, we, res- I think oftentimes what we experience is when we give people just kind of some of the basics of friendship and time around a dinner table, Yeah. Uh, people are stoked, like just ecstatic to, to be able to dive into something like that. And then, you know, they're getting the gospel, uh, thrown in with that as well. So let me, Um, let me pull that thread for a second. And and we maybe we're off topic on topic. Like I want to talk about being welcoming, uh, even in our gatherings, but just when you mentioned that meal, like that to me was, was actually a pretty important thing. As you talk about that, what is it, if you were to mind that, why are people so stoked when they get to sit around a table? Well, yeah. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm growing to believe that, um, there's something really mysterious and spiritual about, uh, the dinner table. Um, you know, I mean, you even think about Jesus in the gospels, he was eating with, with sinners or people call, uh, some of the religious people were calling Jesus a drunkard and a glutton, not because he was, um, and I, I, you know, I firmly believe that's not at all. That's not what they're getting at. They're calling him that because he's choosing to associate with people yeah. that, and why did they think that literally just because he was eating a meal with them? Yeah. And so I think, you know, there's something really profound and I, and it's funny. I think you can read the Bible and be like, Oh, that's, that's just what people from the first century did. No, we still do the same thing today. Like, I mean, you think about like a high school cafeteria, Oh yeah. you sit, you sit with the people that you love yeah. and the people that you think are cool. And I just, I think it's kind of written into the universe that it's a, it's a huge olive branch to people when you say, Hey, come over and, just have this. And then if you make it, especially it just, 
I mean, people all the time comment, they're like, I can't believe you made all this food. And I'm like, well, of, of course we did. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, we made it because it doesn't feel as special if you order Domino's. Oh, yeah. That's just yeah. uh, the truth. And so, I don't know. I think people just feel really loved by that simple thing. Even if you just make jokes and talk about unimportant things, That's which amazing. I'm not saying you should, but um, I think it's really loving. So. Yeah. I, I appreciate you expanding on that a bit because I, like, I just think of how I was talking about it actually on at church on Sunday, I mentioned how we react when somebody knocks on our door, like our, our instinct. And actually I was comparing it to this Arabic wedding that I got to go to when I was in Dubai last week, which was pretty fantastic. Oh. But when somebody knocks on our door, we get this instant, like who in the world is knocking on my door. Like we get instantly cynical, offended, angry, frustrated. And maybe it's more me than everybody, but my dogs start barking and I'm just like, nah, they like, we knocked on the door of these Emirati guys and they, they like scooped us into their house and threw food in our laps and gave us these, you know, like they sat us down, they gave uh -huh. us food, they gave us camel's milk. Like they just lavished us. And it was so shocking. Cause it's not my, it's not my normal experience, even what I would want uh -huh. to do. And to think about the receiving end of that, when somebody's welcomed into the, into your home and they're like, you want them there and you express that through the care of making a meal and loving them with, with your home and your stories and your jokes and your generosity and that type of thing. It, it actually, I, I mean, I was impacted and this, this was, you know, 8,000 miles away, but to think yeah. about even with neighbors, what it would look like to be that, that kind of welcoming, it just has a pretty profound impact. So I appreciate you saying that and, and going deeper into that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so let's kind of shift gears a little bit into just the, the general practice of welcoming people in, um, as you've, kind of tried to shape the culture of Anthem Denver, what's been important to you about both how you present yourself to people that are say new to the community uh, and not necessarily the community of Highland, but the community of Anthem Denver. Um, uh -huh. And then what have you tried to train up in the people that are on leadership or willing to listen, that kind of thing. Um, so I'll tell kind of a negative story first. Uh, but <laughs> classic Josh. Oh, is it? That's classic. Me? Oh. oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh no. Um, that's a horrible, um, but I could see if that, how that could be true. Um, so w when we first moved here, I, I, I don't know, I did, this just really stuck with me. This happened. We were, um, we pretty early on, we met this, this one, uh, gal and she started hanging out with our I mean, it was a Bible study at that point, but she was hanging out with my wife and I, she was hanging out with some of the other people that were a part of our kind of um, growing launch team for the church plant. And uh, we were trying to go and do fun things and just like hang out with, with one another uh, during the week. And this girl that was hanging out with us, um, I'm not going to mention her name, but um, this girl, she, she hung out with us one for one lunch this one afternoon. And there was a number of us all sitting around the table. And this girl said, Oh yeah, I'm just so hung over right now. Um, and started sharing kind of all this debauchery that she had gotten into the night before. And wow. as, she, as she said it, this other girl, part of our team, uh, like winced really aggressively. Uh, I mean, I mean, she kind of like looked like, Oh my gosh, like kind of responded to this other girl sharing about her, um, 
ridiculousness. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say it was just because of that girl's response, but this girl was not with us much longer after that. You know, like she didn't stick around. Um, I, I don't think she felt like she could be herself around us. And, you know, whatever we were, we were learning. Um, I think we're still learning. Um, so I think to answer your question, I think as far as trying to welcome people well in, I mean, I think that this is really maybe overly simple, but, um, we try really hard to just to ask people a lot about their lives and, and work to listen, um, without judgment, you know, or, or at least like, you know, telling them all the things that we think that they need to change up front. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, I just will share that's, that's often really hard yeah. and, but it, it's been, it's been good. And I think the thing that that is tough, we do believe that, you know, the, the gospel should begin to transform someone's life. Um, but I think for us, we're challenged constantly, like, you know, how do we meet someone in their just as they are in their first moment of who they are and didn't God do that with me? You know, I mean, he, he met me just who I was, just the way I was. And, uh, there's still things that every day I'm learning, I think by the Holy spirit, Oh my goodness, that's a huge thing I'm missing. That's a, a bad character flaw in myself. And, um, and so I guess the really simple thing I'm, I'm, I'm saying is I think we, we are often trying really hard to, to learn how to be around people and let them be themselves and be sinful. You know, people like say ridiculous things <laughs> and believe ridiculous things. And they say stuff in front of us and we're like, oh my gosh, yeah. how in the world could you be that way? And <laughs> And, uh, so, well, this, so this is, act, I, I, this is really important again, sorry for pulling so many threads, but I, I right. hear you say that. And it's like, man, if, you know, I think it was Preston or I'm sure so many people have said this, but Jesus didn't win Zacchaeus over by telling him his position on tax collecting. Like he, he went into <laughs> Zacchaeus's house. He sat with him. He loved him. He blessed him. He, and Zacchaeus was like shaped by that and even drawn into Jesus by that. Um, and I, uh, I hear what you're saying, but there's still this maybe like moral wall that many of us carry that, and it's almost a protection, I think, where we feel like our own morality is hanging by such a fine line that if we were to interact with somebody that has maybe a, a different standard of morality, like we could so easily slip into that sort of abyss or something like that. Mm -hmm. How do you, when you encourage people to love people where they are, trust the gospel to transform, uh, even understand the reality of their sin, but know that God is good and he can, and he can win people over. How do you help kind of get over maybe some of those barriers inside of, of the average, maybe long-term Christian that makes it so hard for us to interact with uh, truly unsaved or pagan or worldly people? What do you, what do you do with that? Or is there anything that you've said to help with that? Yeah, I think that, um, I, I do have an answer. I'm just trying to think of how to, to, to say this. Um, I think that Matt, like something that's happening within our community, this is what I would just share is that 
it's starting to become more, um, it's just happening that if you're hanging out with us, you'll realize, oh, you like, I think I'm seeing Christians learning to, they're going to have to adjust. Like I'm around Joe, you know, <laughs> Joe, whatever. Uh, and he's got a filthy mouth and he's still at this community group tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and people are and you like, you're looking around at how the other Christians are responding to Joe and I'm making this name up, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's no Joe in your church. Yeah, there's nobody named Joe in my church. Um, and I think that's how I'm starting to see it develop. Um, and you know, I mean, I will even say it's like all of this is kind of, um, it could slip the other direction too. And I, I don't want to create the fear because I actually think most of us struggle to be around sinners. Um, yeah. I think that's the main issue, but I have seen, you know, there's been moments where, you know, people are like openly describing their sinful life and other people in the group are like, Oh yeah, that's great. And I have felt like, Oh man, no, I actually need to say something like, Hey guys, yeah. like, um, you know, that's, are you sure that's uh, the way Jesus sees it? But I mean, look, me then figuring out how to say that with, with grace and humility. Um, well, I mean, yeah, we, we have had some of those situations. Someone's describing their kind of like, you know, like sort of semi-sketchy kind of sexual thing they were doing. <laughs> I'm like, hey, we're not encouraging that, just so you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but... Anyway, um, I think actually that's a, I, I really appreciate you saying that because sometimes when we're active listening and we're saying, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, okay, wow, okay, that sounds good. You know, just that like kind of our normal conversation ticks, we can sound like we're affirming somebody's broken, sinful choices, or even to your point of more proactively actually affirming their broken, sinful choices and needing to kind of figure out, okay, what do we, what does it look like for us to be good listeners who love people well, who know what truth is and, and have the contextual wisdom to be able to apply, apply it to that moment, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Well, and let, let me just say, you are not like, you didn't get the expert on the line today. I'm not like, we're, we're figuring this out and we're, we're definitely having some moments like, whoops. <laughs> um, so. But. You, may, you may not be an expert, but I, what I would say is from, watching you over the last three years, you guys have had a surplus of opportunities to, to walk through this with, with people, with your own church and with visitors that have come in. Like I've just, I think that's even why we're having this conversation is I've gotten to see you guys grow immensely and, and really show the grace of God in some very challenging and difficult situations. And so that honestly, that's why I'm asking you these questions. Cause I really do respect how you guys have lived in a, in a broken world. Yeah. And I, I would say this, I think something I'm learning now is, um, and I think this may answer some of the other, the other questions we've had so far. Um, I think I can say it succinctly. I think loving, like being pretty open on the front end is I think something that we've learned. And then the, the difficult thing we learned that we saw after that is people then, you know, could, could, could take that sometimes as, Oh, you're just a church that thinks everything is okay. Yeah. Um, there's no such thing as sin. And so I still believe in a front end, really welcoming, like just open. I don't need to chastise you about all every part of your sinful life. 
but I think, however, I'm learning, I think maybe the hard way, I think bringing in the, like, we're just, I think, learning to speak the truth of the gospel um, way sooner. And honestly, even just, in, I, to me, one of the primary points of the gospel is what sin is. And, and that we get the definition of sin from Jesus, not from culture, not from what I think maybe should or should not be considered a sin, but from the, the Holy scriptures that we believe. And, yeah. um, I think the, this city is making me say those things in a more strong way than I was prepared to. Okay. Uh, and, but it's, I think the thing that's good though, is we, you know, we haven't had that many people leave <laughs> once we started talking about sin. And I think to me, I, I feel like I lose people when I share my too much of my opinion of what I think. Okay. But when it's like, Hey, the Bible says this and Jesus says this, and you know what? I'm, I'm guilty in a lot of these things. Um, but so is everyone else. And we all are going to have to, to, to bow before King Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, I guess it's all that to be said, like a quick, like welcoming in the front, but quickly moving to the gospel. And, um, and that, that opens doors, I think, to talking about people's morality in a way better way than, Hey, you should stop smoking cigarettes, <laughs> you know, um, that kind of stuff. It's like, I think that just comes off moralist, just stupid, you know, yeah. uh, that's my thought, but well, I mean, honestly, there's probably nine different conversations and questions that I could follow up with because you've you really, I feel like you've opened up just even some thinking in me of of how to how to be approaching people and even how to be receiving people. And that's maybe more the thing right now. Uh, again, in Thousand Oaks, we have so many families that are coming. In the last two or three months, it's multiple families a week that are coming in. And when we ask them, so do you have you know, a church connection or are you coming from somewhere? The answer is no. Oh, man. They're not from any church background. They're just finding their way into the tent and, and experiencing church, maybe God for the first time. Mm. And I want, I want us to be exceptional at welcoming them in and exceptional at being gospel faithful people and exceptional at being, uh, you know, just so, passionate about seeing them find their way back to God. And so that's, that's maybe, and honestly, I, like I said, I could ask you a bunch of questions. We'll probably wrap up our podcast now because you know, there's a limit, but <laughs> I just want to say how grateful I am for you guys. And even your willingness to kind of speak into this and help us kind of process, what does it look like for us? How do we walk that line of, uh, of love and truth? Cause that, that love thing, you know, love wins. People are so passionate about love right now. They just want love to mean, anything goes anytime, any place, that's what true love is. And, and we just know from the gospel that uh, that's a really distorted view of love. Yeah. Uh, so we, know I that, we know that I'm sorry, just like, we know that God is love. And that this is yeah. something I've been like really wanting to champion lately. He defines it. And, I, and yeah. we are trying to rip it out of his hands in our culture. And I think I'm even guilty of this. Like, Oh, I think, you know, like maybe love should look a little more like this. And I, I think we have to remember that God defines it and he, like, he's the embodiment of love. Uh, 100%. So I just like, I, I care too much about that topic. <laughs> That's a difficult one. Care too much about the topic of God's love. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Adequately. 
Yeah, I'm like Michael Scott. I, my greatest weakness is that I care too much. <laughs> I work too hard. Oh, my word. Yeah. Uh, well, Josh, thank you for coming on, man. We, uh, yeah, we miss having you in our midst in Thousand Oaks, but are so grateful for how you've expanded our gospel horizons by planting a church in Denver. You really have uh, changed the shape of our family of churches, and we're grateful for it. So, I love uh, you guys. Yeah. All right, everybody. That is uh, Josh Lewis. Thank you so much for uh, listening. I hope it's been an encouragement to you. Uh, if you noticed a change in the sound about halfway through that podcast, it switched from one recording to another. Uh, but we've got excellent sound guys that love to just cement yeah. that stuff together and do a great job. And I'm speaking this now with full faith that they can do the miraculous work of stitching two recordings together without you even noticing. So, uh, yeah, hope you guys have a great day and, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, see you around.